Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, October 4. Let's jump into today's top stories. The NCAA is officially shortening the transfer window from 60 days to 45 in all sports, effective immediately, the Athletics' Nicole Auerbach reports. She notes the transfer portal for football will be open for 30 days at the end of the regular season and then 15 days in the spring. Meanwhile, the portal will open for men's and women's basketball players for 45 days after the regular season ends. Specifically, Auerbach notes the 30-day window for football will begin the Monday after FBS Conference Championship Games. Those who play in the college football playoff will have an additional 5-day window in January. A second transfer window of 15 days for all football players will open during the second half of April. In men's and women's hoops, the 45-day windows will open the Monday after Selection Sunday. The Division I Council also voted to eliminate the annual limit on initial counters in both FBS and FCS, previously 25 and 30 per year, respectively, per program. The Council had suspended initial counter limits in 2021 due to uncertainty regarding the pandemic and the implementation of the one-time transfer exception. The Council also voted to eliminate attendance requirements for FBS schools, effective immediately, officially increase the application fee for transitioning from Division I to D2 from $5,000 to $5 million, and require all FBS programs to provide 90% of the total number of allowable scholarships over a two-year rolling period across 16 sports, including football. FBS schools will also be required to fund 210 scholarships each year, amounting to no less than $6 million annually, effective August 2027. Also from the NCAA, per the Athletics' Nicole Auerbach, the FBS Oversight Committee introduced into the pilot legislative process a measure which would prohibit institutions from arranging photographs or photographing recruits and those accompanying them on unofficial visits. Auerbach notes a lot of administrators and coaches have complained about photo shoots and the effort they require from staff. The NCAA will advocate for updating existing state sports betting laws to protect student-athletes from harassment or coercion, address the negative impacts of problem gambling and protect the integrity of NCAA competition. Specifically, the NCAA is calling for mandatory reporting hotlines to report such behavior to law enforcement, increase penalties for bettors who harass student-athletes and mandatory education for operators to help identify harassment. Further, the NCAA believes any sports wagering advertisement also should include information about the harassment hotline, problem gambling and prohibitions on harassment related to sports wagering. Revenue generated from sports betting, the NCAA adds, should be allocated in part toward education to support the higher-risk college student population, including student-athletes. Also on the Division I Council's agenda this week was an overhaul of the men's basketball calendar. CBS Matt Norlander reports April will no longer have an evaluation period for college coaches to scout high school prospects. Because there are so many transfers in the modern game, that month is now being prioritized by coaches to re-establish their rosters and use their recruiting time to either host transfers or fly to visit them in their home areas. Additionally, May will include one non-scholastic recruiting weekend in addition to an elongated dead period that will not permit coaches or recruits to see each other. Holidays including Mother's Day, Father's Day, Juneteenth and Fourth of July will also be dead days. In June, two scholastic recruiting weekends are likely to remain instead of a proposed consecutive five-day period, and the NCAA Basketball Academy is slated to return in July. Northwestern AD Derek Gregg talks with Inside NU's Bradley Locker and David Gold about a myriad of key topics from Evanston. Gregg insists donor support has not been impacted by the department's problems over the summer. Greg said, we've been able to rely on the alumni, the families, and the donors here for many, many years. 
I think that that's going to continue. We just finished the Coombe Family Tennis Center indoor facility, and that was based on great donation from a lot of our alumni donors. So, we haven't seen a drop-off as it relates to that. When asked about his own job security, Greg said, I think when you're in this position, I wouldn't say worried about it. You always know that when decisions are made on this level, you have to be prepared for scrutiny, criticism, backlash or the fallout. I've been involved in many situations during the course of my 30-year career, but I have a compliance background. I believe in doing things the right way. The one thing that I can say is with that background, I learned a long time ago to act with integrity, do the right thing, receive information, report it to the right authorities. That's what we've done in all these cases, so I stand by that. In follow-up to a successful joint venture that saw the pair create Prohibet, SBJ's Bill King reports U.S. Integrity and Odds on Compliance will merge in a deal to be closed by the end of the month. U.S. Integrity founder Matt Holt will handle CEO duties with Odds on CEO Eric Frank as the president. Notably, sports tech venture firm 76 Capital is an investor in both companies. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, October 4th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.